This is Gary Wakefield, and you're listening to Queer Life Stories. My name is Trent Marriott. Um, I suppose I live here in Burnie. Um, I have uh, grew up in Queenstown on the west coast of Tasmania. Um, lived there until I was like, oh... So until I was 16 when I finished high school and then I moved away to Devonport for two years and went to Don College um, just to further education I suppose and then moved over to the Gold Coast um, for a year after that um, and uh, yeah, spent, yeah, uh, spent a year over there and then moved back to Queenstown for a couple of years, moved to Devonport again and then moved over to Burnie so yeah just been around a little bit here and everywhere so yeah. So how old are you now? I uh, just turned 25. Oh. So, yeah. Birthday cards? Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> like a week ago, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Queensland's not the, not the greatest place to grow up. I mean, it was... I mean, it was fine. Um, it was just pretty much just growing up with, you know, just friends, just, you know, um, walking around town. There wasn't a whole great thing to do I mean there was stuff on the weekends like you know like other activities and like sports like you know being able to go play basketball or just like you know go and watch friends play sport and um yeah just hanging out on the pool um just going on walks and things like that so just a pretty average and normal childhood I suppose yeah maybe when I was in around year eight um I kind of started to realise that I wasn't straight. Um, I, for quite a while, I did think of myself as bisexual. Um, kind of grew up around other guys um, and just, I was quite um, around girls a lot of the time. I did grow up with a lot of girls. I'd never really had any guy friends, but did start to, did, did, did start to notice guys and stuff like that, but um, probably wasn't until I was um, started uh, probably a little bit after college, I realised that I wasn't um, straight or bisexual. Was kind of when I was realising that I was identify as gay. So, Ben, I think it was just like you know, around school there was like all these, you know, jockey guys that were around, um, like a lot of them that played like football and stuff like that. And like you'd just see them, and I was like, okay, like he's quite attractive. But then like there were girls, and like, oh yeah, he she's quite attractive as well. So, but then yeah, as like growing up, it was like okay, it's girls are a no-no for me so <laughs> um then it was just yeah I was like hey I think yeah I'm more attracted to the guys than anything so yeah but yeah it was just kind of much just looking to see what was out there so yeah did you have um relationships with women before you very brief <laughs> um very brief relationship <laughs> um that was probably one where I probably dated a girl for like a month and then probably at the same time I liked this other guy at the same time and it was like okay this is probably a little bit too hard not fair on that other person and I was like okay maybe this isn't really for me I think I like the guy more than I like the girl and just kind of ended after a couple of weeks so yeah, yeah it was very yeah very brief encounter I thought I thought I was in denial um quite for some stage and then you know growing up in Queen, in Queenstown it wasn't probably the easiest place to grow up um, I, I got quite 
not a lot of backlash, but you know, just quite a bit of bullying, quite a little bit of bullying. Um, and then it was like me just trying to tell them, no, I'm not gay, I know, I like girls. I've never had any physical, um, physical bullying. Um, my school was like obviously a no, um, a no bullying. Well, I suppose with any school, no bullying tolerance. So, um, I've, yeah, I've never had any um, any physical abuse or anything like that. It was more verbal, like you get your, you know, you're a faggot, you're a poofter, you're gay, you're homo. I told one of my cousins when I when I was about 15. Um, I told her, and she was quite accepting of it. Um, a year later, I did tell um, my mum. Um, took her a little bit of time for her to come around to it. Well, not too much. My mum accepted it, um, and she told my sisters, and they both accepted it. So, um, and then it wasn't until I had my first boyfriend that I started to fully come out. I thought, well, this is probably now the time for me to be open and honest about who I am. So um, I had got into a relationship, and then um, it was when my dad found out. My mum told my dad. Um, I was probably a little bit too scared to tell my dad, as any boy would be to tell their dad that they're gay. Um, so that was probably when I was oh, about, I think it was about 1920, I think this was around. Yeah, so quite later on in life. Um, my dad took it well, but to an extent, I suppose, um, he kind of thought it was gonna kind of ruin our relationship as father and son. Um, but it didn't. My dad, mine, and my dad's relationship has never been any better, um, which was good, um, which I was actually quite happy about. So yeah, my mum ended up telling him, and um, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to know about it to start off with. And then I got home from work one day, and we kind of just sat down, and he said to me, "You know, this could ruin our relationship." And I said to him, "I said, well, yeah, it could." I said, "But it doesn't have to." Um, and then I kind of just. We just left it at that. Um, and then, yeah, me and my dad have never been any better ever since. We've been better ever since, so, yeah. So I was quite, I was quite, I suppose I was one of the lucky ones, I suppose. Um, I mean, my dad now, he's very, um, very welcome, like he is a very welcoming person. Um, probably doesn't come across as very, very welcoming, but um, like he's like, asked about my current relationship now and everything and like, you know, um, has a little bit more to do with it than what he used to, so which was good. Very mining, small mining town. Um, everyone there is quite blokey, and um, it's not something that's. It never used to be something that was like a very um, out thing, I should say. So, but yeah, so it, well, I didn't have like a lot of. I wouldn't say family support, but family people that I could go to to kind of help me understand it all. So yeah. Um, someone that ha was friends with a group of my friends, um, not that he ever, he didn't come out until later on in life, um, but there was always that kind of little inkling uh, that he was, but I was like, me at the time, I was like, I'm obviously not going to, you know, accuse him of that because I didn't want people to accuse me of it. Um, there was just a thought, but not, um, not so many, no, there's probably like the one here or there, but yeah. Very rare down there. Isolating. Yeah, very isolating. Yeah, so um, it wasn't 
it was good that when I first moved out that I kind of had a little bit of freedom, a little bit of, um, I was able to kind of be myself a little bit more um, in other towns that I suppose were more accepting and things like that. And not that Queenstown wasn't accepting, but um, just being able to be a little bit more open in other places than down there. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, moving all the way from Queenstown to Devonport, knowing no, absolutely no one was kind of scary. Um, but within the first two days, I made friends that easily in my classes and, you know, I made, um, met other gay people and, um, you know, just a lot of whole lot of other supportive people and, um, yeah, just like mixed with different crowds and stuff like that. So it was quite easy to just not so, not say blend in, but just mesh well with other people. So just not small, small town people, just other people. So yeah, it was good. First hookup was like a little bit weird. Um, it was a guy that I was friends with. Um, it was it was kind of a little bit forced. Um, he wanted to do things with me that I didn't want to do. Um, and I thought at that point I was like, this is like, you know, the first time I'm ever experiencing something like this. I don't want to just go and rush into something. I kind of wanted to kind of experiment, I suppose, um, just to kind of see how things go. I mean, it was kind of, I didn't want to do it all in one go. I just wanted to kind of just see how things went. Um, but then I didn't talk to him after that because I was like, you're an asshole. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably through the couple of years that I was at Don, um, I was able to kind of understand a little bit more about who I was as a gay person. Um, kind of, you know, figuring out what I'm into, what I like and all that kind of stuff. And then um, my first relationship was, was a, bit, a little bit difficult. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say difficult. It was a long distance relationship. So I was, um, I moved back to Queenstown at this point. Um, this was after, yeah, after I moved back to, from the Gold Coast, I moved back to Queenstown and then um, it was a guy that I knew from when I was at Don College and he was living in Devonport and it was a bit of a long distance relationship and I didn't have my license at the time because um, I always had my parents and sisters run me around so I was like I don't need my license but then I met him and you know I was there very so often I got to meet I got to catch up with him and it was just uh, I'm gonna have to say it was boring it was quite not what I thought a relationship was um, I thought I did love him, but I think I just loved the idea of him. Um, but yeah, it was just, that probably ended after like oh, six, seven months. Um, it just wasn't working out. And then, yeah, so then. Like most first relationships. Yeah, pretty much like most first relationships, yeah. I mean, he was a good guy. I will give him that. I like have no, um, I don't have many bad things to say about him, but yeah, it just wasn't probably what I thought it was gonna be, so yeah. Oddly enough, he added me on Facebook quite a, probably about two years ago. Um, and then I suppose with Tassie being Tassie, it's a very small place and every gay guy knows every gay guy. So you kind of just kind of know the crowd, I suppose. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he added me on Facebook a long time ago and then I, he lives in Hobart. So I was down in Hobart probably back in January. 
um, and then we seen each other like in um, in the city a couple of times and you know kind of just those quite glances because like, oh, I know who he is and he knew who I was and um, we were actually fat, we worked out that we were both waiting for each other to message each other but none of us did none of us made the move um, and then it was probably like a few months after that he actually did started to message me and then um, we were talking for quite a while and wanting to meet up and catch up and um, being the busy people that we are, it probably took us quite a while to be able to meet up. So I went down to Hobart and I met, it, met up with him and spent the weekend with him and did the whole cliche, he took me out for dinner and everything and all that kind of stuff. And then he came up and visited me quite a few times and um, then it just um, wound up being in a relationship, so yeah. So he's still in Hobart? He is still in Hobart. So you're doing yeah. the long distance again? We are, yeah. <laughs> There's no one around here. I can't find anyone around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the long distance works for us, um, especially with the life that he lives and the life that I live, it works. Um, I mean, as hard as it is to um, be away from each other for like, probably like every week or something, it just it just seems to work for us. But it just, um, it gets better each time we can see each other. So yeah, like it makes it all worth it. So. Mm. There was a couple of years ago, um, I went back home to Queenstown. Um, no, I was actually still living down there, sorry. Um, and I went to this party at someone's house and, um, you know, small town people are just very small minded and just don't have any other opinions but negative ones. Um, I went to this party and um, I was standing outside and just having a good time, just drinking with friends and standing at the fire pot and this, um, the only way I can describe him is a middle-aged stoner. That's the only way I can describe him. Um, was standing next to one of my uh, one of my friends and was mouthing off about me. And um, it was me and then my friend and him. And um, we were just standing around the fire. And he just said he just turned around and said to us, "So when are we going to the gay club?" And my friend's like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "When are we going to the gay club?" And she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Sorry for swearing. Um, <laughs> if I can or not um, and he's like I'm talking about your gay friend over there and I turned around and I looked and I said what the fuck are you saying and he just started mouthing off and I just kind of just shrugged it off um, I was like I didn't worry about it and then probably it was about like oh, probably like an hour later he was um, he was mouthing off to my friend again and then I had other people around me at the time and they were sticking up for me and everything and it kind of got to a point where I was like, I've had enough. I've copped this for quite a long time and I don't need this in my life. So I got to a point where I actually um, physically assaulted him. Um, so I punched him in the face a few times and, not, and actually knocked him on the ground and had him up against the house. And probably shouldn't say it was my finest moment, but it was, because I felt like I was a tough one in this situation. But um, I think it kind of, at that point, it kind of, gained me a lot of respect around the town. Um, I think it gave the people a sense of his, that I'm not going to take anyone's shit, basically. Um, that I can actually stick up for myself and I'm not going to let someone else do it for me. I mean, like, I had, like, fam I had, like, one of my um, cousins in here was sticking up for me and, like, my friends were sticking up for me and I just thought, this is a time for me to actually just do something about it. Um, so I think... You know, as much as I don't like the fact that I used violence, I think it just kind of got the message out there that I'm 
not willing to take anyone's shit anymore, so. Being a gay person myself, I'm always there to, to support, you know, anyone within that community, like, no matter who it is. Um, but I just don't think I've ever, you know, had the opportunity to be able to have friends like within that group, I suppose. I think it's just something that um, I've always just been, yeah, something that I've never really been a part of, I, I would say, so, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think that I think that does come from like growing up in a, such a small town that I've never like quite a while never been exposed to. I mean, now it's quite different. Like, you know, things as things are obviously changing um, within our community and stuff. But um, yeah, just nothing haven't been you know I suppose introduced to that kind of kind of group. I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, um, you know, with everything like with gay marriage passing through Australia and all that, I think it's, the world is evolving. It is changing, um, hopefully for the better. Um, I mean, you're still obviously going to have those small-minded people, those negative people that are uh, going to have something to say about it. Not that it's really any of their business, um, but I think we've actually came a long way in a, in a manner of speaking, like being able to be more open, be more free, um, have some independence with it all. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, things just pass along and just keep moving quicker. Um, I mean, it's taken us how long to get to this point where it should have been done quite a long time ago. Um, but I'm like saying that, like glad that it's happening now, better late than never really, but um, we probably still do have a long way to go to be able to have that more freedom with everything else. So, yeah. Like, as, yeah, like you're still going to have those people that are going to be all negative about it and feel like that it's wrong or it shouldn't happen. But then again, it's not their business. It's not happening to them. It's got nothing to do with them. It's not hurting them. We're minding our business. We're doing what we want to do like they can. So what's stopping us from being able to do it? I suppose with everyone, it takes time. It does take time for someone to kind of figure out who you are as a person, like whether you identify as straight, gay, bi, lesbian, whatever. Um, I don't know. I think it's just part about the experiences and what you feel inside, and um, all that kind of stuff that makes you kind of realise who you are. I mean, like people should embrace who they are, not be so scared about it. The world is a scary place, I do find. I mean, there's been times where I've been, you know, scared to walk hand in hand down the street with my partner or wanting to kiss um, in the street. Not that I like a lot of PDA, um, but you know, you still um, kind of get scared that someone's gonna be watching and like, you know, and harass you for that and like judge you for being who you are. Um, but I just think for people, it just needs to be, um, you know, you'll eventually figure out who you are um, and just embrace it. Like, don't be scared. Mm. There are people out here that are obviously still experiencing the same things. Um, don't be afraid to speak up. Um, you know, find someone to be able to speak with, um, talk about it. You know, you've got um, speak up hotlines or things like that. You've got your family, you've got your friends.
If you're struggling with your own mental health, please contact Lifeline on 13114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Both services are available 24 7. If you would like to tell us your story, share your experiences, or would just like to get in touch, you can email us at queerlifestories at outlook.com. Or you can find us on social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Queer Life Stories. You can hear future episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Queer Life Stories is a no-budget, one-man operation to produce, but you can support this podcast by subscribing to us at Patreon. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Queer Life Stories. We will be back soon. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself and each other.